Hello humans, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. And uh, I kind of combine all those things to do whatever I can to help you figure out how to uh, make the most of your soul's chapter of human life uh, at, uh, during this trip. Uh, at uh, tdjacobs.com you'll find a bunch of astrology courses, including the upcoming Evolutionary Astrology Basics 1. Um beginning uh, mid-September, just a month away. Uh, the style of karmic analysis that I'm going to do today in Ivanka Trump's chart, I'm teaching now in these Evolutionary Astrology Basics and then continuing courses. Okay, so you can check that out. Also, program crystals and stones. I do have um, a new stone called, uh, I'm just calling it Yellow Jasper, but it's really yellow-green jasper with druzy quartz. <laughs> And this is to support third chakra empowerment. And the third chakra is where we store guilt, shame, regret, self-doubt, self-criticism, self-recrimination, self-hatred. And the third chakra is also the seat of personal power. And so with the upcoming Leo eclipse, the Leo new moon solar eclipse that everyone is talking about, um, to empower yourself in the third chakra, this I think this eclipse has to do... A, a lot to do with trusting your gut instinct to do what you enjoy. But if you carry uh, what lights you up, what brings you passionately alive, right? Setting a, a new seed, stepping in a new direction for a positive uh, Leonine expression. And uh, if you carry guilt, shame, regret, self-doubt, it's going to be harder to hear your gut because you don't want to get into your body to have to feel those things. So the new programmed um, Yellow Jasper are for that. And uh, also, in the next few days, I will produce a uh, channeled meditation for the eclipse that I will post around to. But anyway, all of that and a lot more um, is are at tdjacobs.com. So I want to um, just mention that this uh, chart, Ivanka Trump's chart, has been on my mind for a long time with the same idea. And I keep seeing this uh, mention in different places and from different people. So th that actually is what I was going to talk about months and months and months ago. Probably around the time of the election in late 2016, I, I gathered the charts of um, people in Trump's family, including him, which I have done profiles of him on this, uh, on this uh, here on SoundCloud, as well as on the radio show, The Soul's Journey, which the complete archive of which is in SoundCloud. So if you look up, you can even, I mean, it's 180 files or something, so it might be kind of annoying to scroll through, but if you look for Jacob's Trump on SoundCloud, you might find it. Okay, so I was looking at these uh, Lilith stories uh, because there's a story mostly with the asteroid Lilith and karmic issues in this entire family. Uh, anyway, but I was thinking about Lilith and Ivanka Trump and also Melania because... Um, people wanted them to be strong female feminist figures and they turn out not to be. So anyway, this is what's been on my mind about Trump, about Ivanka Trump. And um, anyway, and looking at Melania and Ivanka, that, that led me to looking at all those family charts and seeing the asteroid Lilith playing prominent. But anyway, uh, most of them have it an aspect to the nodes or Pluto or South Node Ruler. And so there's a story throughout almost all of those charts. I think for one of them, 
they have like the true black moon, the oscillating apogee, square the nodes, but everybody else has the asteroid level at number 1181 in prominent uh, thing. And that is about gender roles. It is about equality and social justice. So everyone in that family system has this, this issue. We all have themes in our charts in our family systems. And if you look at multi-generations and siblings and, you know, uh, families as groups, you'll, you'll see recurring themes. Like in my family, there's a, uh, in, in, in a very loud way, uh, in many people, I went through like four generations, I think I looked at like 14 people, including like people who married into the family. Um, like the dude who married my sister, my sister married the dude. Um, and, uh, and, and one other like, uh, by marriage relation, but everybody's got like a Leo Aquarius or Uranus issue. Um, in my immediate family, it's a lot about moon and Cancerian stuff. Uh, but anyway, over the course of many generations, there's like a Uranus story. So we all have these stories. Anyway, in the Trump family, uh, the asteroid Lilith, this thing about social justice and equality between the genders and, you know, what assumptions we might make about gender roles and, and if you're born with, with this gender, then you should be like that. That's like a theme throughout their family. So anyway, looking at, um, you know, Ivanka Trump, what I want to do today is explain to you some things about her karmic journey, and I am going to include some transits as of today is August 17th, uh, 2017. But why? Why is she not speaking out, right? Why is she not defending? She says that she she is advising her father, whatever. She But she also says things that are not true, which is that he actually cares about women. So I'm just going to like tease this out and give you an idea of her karmic history, her multi-life journey, and how we can understand, you know, why she isn't a champion of uh, women's rights or anything, really, except parroting what her psychopath relative has to say. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to include some transits. Let me just look around here. Uh, we don't have a birth time uh, for her, uh, but I'm going to tell you it's October 30th, 1981, in uh, New York City, New York. Uh, and just for the record... What I encourage you to do, if you don't have a birth time, including for this chart, is to draw up a chart, I do it on astro.com, with no birth time. So it puts the Aries point, zero Aries, on the left, as if it's the ascendant, but there are no houses, there are no angles. That way you don't get confused. Like, some people will draw up, like, a chart for 6 a.m. or noon or something, but, like, I know with my brain, I get distracted by what look like the house placements and I get messed up because I'm so accustomed to it. So I drew up a chart with no with no houses. So we're not going to be talking about any houses at all. It allows us to you know add in less detail than than otherwise. But there's still a tremendous amount, as you'll hear when we just talk about signs and aspects. So in the karmic story analysis that I uh, use and teach, which is what I'm teaching in the evolutionary astrology uh, classes, I always start with Pluto, uh, the first step in the four-step process of describing this multi-life journey. I start with Pluto because it is the fundamental um, empowerment journey, empowerment arc, story arc, that the soul sets out for the human to explore. And it necessarily involves empowerment and disempowerment, feeling strong, feeling weak, 
feeling self-confident and, you know, that kind of strength, and also uh, powerless and not confident. Both of those are part and parcel of this overall journey as the soul, outside time, can't be wounded, doesn't need healing. The soul is divine consciousness, watching you filter events through your consciousness, watching you, saying, what is it like if I believe this and I don't feel confident? And then I make that choice. Oh, what if it, what is it like if I believe the opposite and I feel confident and I make that choice? Your soul is collecting data over the course of many lifetimes. Well, Pluto is the best and worst. Where you find yourself the strongest and when you feel not the strongest. So as other evolutionary astrologers uh, talk about, um, and, I, and I combine all this because I was working with the ideas of Steve Forrest and Jeff Green, and then I asked an Ascended Master, can you help me understand more? And so the Ascended Master helped fill in, uh, and these are, Ascended Masters are beings who hang out, who have different job descriptions, essentially, but they're souls, like you and me, but between human lives, and they have lived human lives, they help us in whatever we need to evolve. And they, they, like I said, they have kind of different focuses. And this one, Jehuti, is this Egyptian name, spelled D-J-E-H-U-T-Y. And if you follow my work, you'll hear me talk about him all the time because he's like my tutor. And then I graduated from his school and now I'm like Wi-Fi connected to his uh, information data bank level of consciousness. <laughs> and uh, also known as Thoth, St. Germain, Merlin. And he is the Hermes figure in all earth cultures, the mercurial teacher, writer, scribe, translator uh, figure in all mythologies. So I asked him to fill in the blanks. And so Steve Forrest might, might begin with this notion that Pluto represents the soul's deepest wounding. And I would again say the soul is not wounded, but the person's multi-life records in the unconscious of a lot of wounding and then Jeff Green's approach might start with, this is the in the deepest intentions of the soul. So yeah, again, but both of those are part of what um, what I've learned from the Ascended Master is, is kind of the real story. So you set out to be empowered. Your, your soul intends you to experience this. But when it goes wrong, when you don't feel confident, when you feel powerless, it hurts a lot and wounding comes up. So the way I approach Pluto in this new way is that it's what you have to do to make life feel meaningful. Yet it will, when you try to do it, or when you do it, it will bring up the debris, pain, anger, grief, bitterness, sorrow, self-hatred from many lives. So you have to do it, but it will bring up the crap from a bunch of lives. Okay. So the thing is we have to learn to, to um, confront and change our relationships with those intense Plutonian emotions. That's the trick to Plutonian empowerment. I'm really inspired to do a, a healing intensive on Pluto. Uh, and I'm just working on dates for the spring, but I'm really inspired to do that, to bring like a small group of like six to eight people and talk about this in a really deep way and process, you know, everybody's story, go through your own story. So anyway, stay tuned for that. I'm kind of feeling some inspiration to do that the more I talk about uh, this today. So Pluto. Uh, for Ivanka Trump is in Libra, which is about finding justice or peace or harmony, getting along with people and building bridges. It is the sign of relationship, but it's real. It's not the sign of knowing what to do in a relationship. It's a sign of trying on for size. Is this fair? Is that fair? It's also the sign of extremes. 
because you're trying to find the middle ground, you might tend toward extremes. It's also the sign of, and this is a lot of birth, birth from like 1971, 72 to early 1984. So it's quite a lot of people running around with this wounding to fairness, this wounding to harmony and relationships. So it's a lot about what you expect from relationships, what you offer in relationships, how you respond to people, how you want or need them to respond to you, how you negotiate, do you compromise, do you overcompromise, do you undercompromise? Do you put others' needs first or do you dominate because you don't want to be taken advantage of by putting others' needs first? These are all issues that have to do with Pluto and Libra. They might not all of them might not be, you know, present in the lives of, you know, all the time, 24-7, in the lives of people with Pluto and Libra. But this is kind of the terrain. Fairness, harmony, balance, being heard, being accepted, being liked. So Pluto and Libra says, I'm trying to heal something in many, many lives about not being liked. And I'm going to try to figure out how to be liked. So that's the basic idea of her, um, of her Pluto in Libra. Um, she might come off as nice. People perceive she is attractive. Um, you can hear kind a, a kindness in her voice. And she does seem to be focused on issues of justice. Uh, she seems to think that she is focused on issues of justice. Um, so that's the Pluto and Libra bit is the underlying thing. Now, she does have Ceres, Saturn, Mercury, and Jupiter also in Libra. Um, and Saturn is a south node ruler, which I'll talk about in step three in a couple of minutes. Uh, but let's just extend this Pluto thing by talking about its uh, two conjunctions. One is Jupiter. Jupiter is about faith and belief and taking risks. And it's about optimism and pessimism. And perhaps the hair trigger switch that, you know, that, um, that can go with that. So Pluto conjunct Jupiter says she has in many, many lives... Um, put a lot of hope into creating fairness. This can lead to a kind of idealism. Uh, and separately, she does have Venus conjunct Neptune ruled by that Jupiter. And so there's like an idealism in here, you know. Um, the Venus rules the Jupiter-Pluto-Mercury, and then the Jupiter rules the, you know, there's a mutual dis dispositor thing here. And then Jupiter rules the Venus-Neptune. And they are sextile. So there's like a conversation in her about trying to have faith to make things better, whatever. But Pluto conjunct Jupiter also says that she has at times in different lives lost faith. And there's a need to recover it. So if she, because it's in Libra, puts her faith in somebody else, she will feel let down because she needs to learn how to have faith in herself. Pluto, is con Pluto and Jupiter, which are pretty tight in there. Uh, 27 minutes of arc, uh, our conjunct Mercury, also in Libra. So this is also wrapped up with the need to communicate. So obviously she's, you know, she's written some, she talks, she, she comes off as very kind. When you actually look at the substance of what she's saying, she consistently comes out, you know, as naive and clueless and idealistic with her, her, you know, head in the clouds, head up her ass, whatever, or head up her dad's ass, whatever it is. Um, but so, so there's a need to have clarity and communication. There's a need to express herself, 
to try to create, you know, beauty or kindness or justice. Um, I don't know how involved she is as a designer in her fashion line. I, I don't know about that. What I'm aware of is like the the business shenanigans and the overseas manufacturing while her dad is, you know, berating companies that do that while he has products and she has products that are made overseas uh, with, with cheap, basically probably sweatshop labor. So I don't know about her creativity. You know, I haven't really researched that part. Uh, I'm really just coming at this from she always comes off as a naive fraud. And I want to talk about <laughs> that because I'm totally biased. I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I try to be objective and open-minded. Um, and, I, and I will watch, um, you know, some, some news programming of various kinds. And I will read some uh, journalism online uh, about different topics. And I do not, in a certain, in a very important way, I do not possess the willingness to be objective about certain things. Uh, like in a, like in a, the recent stuff after Charlottesville and these press conferences and like, I've, I've seen more clips of that than any other, uh, clips of those, those press conferences, or those public statements, more than other public statements from the president. And when he just, when a journalist asks a real question and he says, oh no, no fake news, you're fake news, you know, and he won't talk, part, I get so, I get angry, I get intolerant. So anyway, I don't have the patience to be journalistic. Um, my girlfriend's a double Gemini and she has training in that and she, and she has the ability to be journalistic and I constantly notice my judgments coming out uh, in certain convos with her and I've, I've tried to temper it. When I'm dealing with a person, I'm doing as best I can to be objective and I'm able to do that with any individual but with these kind of cartoonish examples of you know karmic hatred and biases gone wrong it's like it's just too you know it's too much um anyway so I will make fun of her today <laughs> anyway so 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 that's the the Pluto Jupiter Mercury you know um Jupiter is intuitive um and so she's probably got a strong intuition and it is sextile uh, Venus, Neptune in Sagittarius. So she's probably got a very strong intuition. Plus that um, Sagittarius moon, uh, which is conjunct true black moon Lilith, which definitely leads um, to intuition. Now in this uh, chart, they show up uh, as conjunct, the true black moon Lilith. Um, if you pull up charts on astro.com, don't choose Lilith in the box where Chiron and the asteroid goddesses and, and trans-Neptunian objects are on the left and the bottom of extended chart selection. Choose Put instead in the box below that additional objects, H13. That's where you find the true black moon, the oscillating apogee. If you use the mean position, which can be up to 30 degrees different, up to 30 degrees different, if you use that, then you are asking a Barbie doll what a woman is like. A plasticized idealized version of it. No, the true black moon is where it is, is where it's at, I guess. Uh, I am doing, uh, by the way, speaking about coming events, <laughs> two other, two more true black moon Lilith webinars called Embracing the Black Moon. Uh, one is uh, Sunday, September 3rd, uh, and one is Sunday, October 1st, and it's limited to four people, and we'll t I'll, t I'll get do a presentation on Lilith myth and archetype and themes, and then we'll get into your story so you can really understand how Lilith functions in your life and how to do it in a healthy way. So you can check that out at tdjacobs.com on the Learn Astrology uh, page. Um, but yeah, so in her chart here, 
it, you know, Lilith is conjunct moon. Well, you know, moon will move a certain number of degrees, you know, per day. This is the middle of that. And the Trubach moon Lilith moves quite a lot too. So it might not be this tight. It might not be conjunct actually. Uh, you know, if the, if she were born late in the day, anyway, it might not be conjunct fully, but it looks like it is. Uh, but anyway, Lilith in Sagittarius and Moon in Sagittarius will will boost intuition. There's going to be a visceral sense of intuition. But my argument is she is not able to tap into that, even though with this strong Venus-Neptune bit, you know, she's not able to tap into that. And Jupiter-Mercury together, which is like right and left brain respectively talking, she's not able to tap into that for a couple of other reasons. Uh, one of them is... And I'm skipping Pluto at other the Pluto square to the nodes right now. I'm going to cover it in this next section. South node of the moon is a step two. It's the step number two. And it talks about the kinds of conditioning environments the soul plops you down into via birth in many lives. So the south node configuration in anyone's chart represents um, something going on, a thread, a theme, a focus in the person's family of origin and also emphasized in how he or she grows up. So it's kind of like the soul knows that its human baby self will be helpless and clueless. And so it chooses a starting place. South node for her is in Capricorn. And of course she's born into this family where business is high, is, you know, seriously emphasized. Um, South is in Capricorn. It, it, it can bring a great work ethic. It can bring a need to be serious and somber it can also bring, to some degree, detachment from emotions. Um, it can be focused on necessity or ambition, achievement, or or the uh, building of respect. So she's got a karmic history of a lot of Capricorn energy. Well, um, unresolved issues in her many lives, represented by squares to the south node, include um, Pluto, Jupiter, Mercury, and Saturn in Libra. So an unresolved issue means maybe you know four or five out of the seven or eight key core things to learn about this in order to be happy and healthy and successful with it. But people who have squares to the nodes tend to trip over their own shoelaces because they rely on habit habits based in multi-life or karmic assumptions. So she has beliefs that she should do these energies in certain ways. So she does them, and then she's tripped over her shoelaces and not understanding why it didn't go well. So you have to learn to evaluate your assumptions and make new choices. That's a key to any square to the nodes. And I count 10 degrees on this, because if you're looking at this chart, you're going to notice the south one's at 2541 Capricorn, and that Saturn is at 1548. Well, it's within 10 degrees, if I did my math right. Uh, did I do that right? Yes, I did that right. No, did I do? Anyway, I'm having a Mercury retrograde problem with Mercury and Virgo square my Mercury and Sagittarius, Mercury Neptune and Sagittarius. So anyway, it's about 10 degrees, I'm counting it, <laughs> because of what I observe in her. So Pluto, Jupiter, Mercury, uh, Saturn in Libra. How can I create fairness? How can I become empowered through choosing relationships? How can I be honest? Pluto and Libra is about telling the truth. Uh, especially with Jupiter and Mercury there, Saturn and Libra, how can I work together with others? How can I be realistic about what's fair and true? And how can I be transparent and honest? How can I be honest and not care if people like me? With Pluto square the nodes, you have to tell the truth or you just fuck yourself over again and again 
and you've tripped over your shoelaces and you have all these bruises on your face because you keep tripping. Anyway, so people with stuff like this Libra square the nodes, Libra planet square the nodes, especially when it comes to Pluto and Jupiter uh, and Mercury, and also South Node Ruler itself, Saturn, which I cover in step three in a minute, or in a while, which <laughs> depends on how long I want to go with this. But um, if you are worried about being liked, you will not be honest. You will put up a veneer, an image of what you think other people want you to say or be. I, I'll admit it, I have my Cancer South node square, so I have nodes reversed from Ivanka Trump, but I have um, appointed in the seventh square of the nodes and the Libra rising and, and uh, Venus in the twelfth and uh, Pallas Athene there too, and Mars Uranus and Libra in the first, all square the nodes. I, I understand that. It's a, it's a sometimes a, a battle sometimes to overcome the need to be liked and just tell the truth. And it's something I work with all the time, and I know she does too. She, like, I tend toward that quiet conflict within myself and then I get on an MP3 like this and say everything I can say to move the energy and try to say what's true. And I, I may tend at times toward the acerbic and sarcastic and sardonic and satirical. She doesn't because she's still really worried about being liked. <laughs> she's, And I kind of gave up. I'm working on giving up um, because it's pretty obvious that the more truth you tell, the, the fewer people... Uh, like you, but I get it. I get good response for it for my work, so I'm kind of like working on, you know, focusing on. Anyway, blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, so um, her Libra stuff square the nodes. She doesn't know how to be real yet, and every time she talks, it's it's true. There's a a video from Samantha B from Full Frontal, a Samantha B's TV show. It's a satirical news program, uh, one of many, and uh, she has one where she I can't remember what it is, but but she talks about, it's from a few months ago, and it's something about the heir to the White House throne or something, and it's, and it's on Ivanka Trump. And Samantha Bee's very focused on feminist themes. And um, I love, I love her show because they, she and the producer and then the writing staff, they have a unique way, a particular way that's unique to nail it. It's just, it's spot on every time and more than like, like when I first found her in the fall, I would gasp out loud and then like cackle and scream and my girlfriend would hear me from the other room. And it was, she was like, what could possibly make you laugh like that? And it was this, uh, but it's, but it's, but it's been, it's consistent. They're really sharp and really good. And, um, Samantha B always makes fun of Ivanka Trump in her latest book, Women Who Work, about architecting, using language in this, in this bullshit way. And, um... Women art need to architect their experience and all this stuff, and uh, architecting as a verb. So uh, anyway, Ivanka Trump is is you know she's fake, and she's a flake, because she's trying to be liked. Now that's only that's the first step here. Let's see squares to the nodes. The third step of the story in the karmic analysis, which will answer the rest of this, has to do with um, South Node ruler which tells me about her, her role in many lives, how she shows up, special skills and talents that she carries and possesses. She will assume she's like this, and she will carry this energy, and others will see it in her because she's essentially giving off 
karmic vapors that say, I'm really good at this, or I really like doing this, or I'm really good at it even if I hate it, you should ask me to do it because I've done it a lot. So South Node is in Capricorn. Its ruler is Saturn. So we go back to Libra, uh, conjunct uh, Mercury and Ceres, square the nodes. So she herself is square the nodes, which means she will get herself into trouble through Libran means. So again, she's trying to get along. She's trying to be liked. She, carry, she has Ceres conjunct her, so she's trying to be a mother figure and protect others and nurture. And conjunct Mercury, again, that, that writing communication, you know, that kind of thing is strong within her. Perhaps that academic thing. I don't know about her academic history, but, but there's like a definite, you know, intellectual side in there, need to communicate, as how I phrased it with Mercury conjunct Pluto. And, um, but, the, but the south node ruler in any chart square the nodes... This is a phrase I steal from uh, Steve Forrest. Uh, makes perfect sense to me. The person may be her own worst enemy, meaning she's square the safety place. The south node is, is it represents our home and family. So she, in many lives, is trying to navigate if, and here's the core of it, if I tell the truth, if I call you on your lies, more specifically given her family, if I call you out on your lies, will I be loved? Will I be liked? Will I be safe? Will I have support? So she in many lives is trying, her, her internal struggle is about, can I tell the truth? Can I, can I bring you to a moral place in which you recognize the importance of morality? Because Saturn and Libra is about fairness. Pluto, Jupiter, Mercury, Saturn, Ceres, and Libra, it's about fairness. So this is her and her struggle. Now, I was thinking about doing a series on lackeys, and Sean Sparser was one of them, the former White House Communications Director, Press Secretary. And he has a son conjunct Pluto in Virgo. And there's, there's a thing in many lives about being seen as a person who is or is not telling the truth. There's a thing in there, and it's a lot of pressure, and he had his own thing about that as far as I'm concerned. But this is different. Because it's square her nodes, it's her family. <laughs> so, so can she, be, the question hanging over her head, and I think about this a lot with squares to the nodes, because you're like, again, you know four or five out of the seven or eight core things to know. Uh, will I do this? Can I do this? What's the right way to do this? For her, can I become an authority figure who has integrity? Can I tell the truth? Can I say what I need to say? Can I communicate clearly? Can I become empowered through telling the truth? Pluto, Jupiter, Mercury together. So, and then Saturn conjunct Mercury square the nodes. So um, she's trying to be liked and be safe. She is not an authority figure. She is not the savior of women. She is in a This almost became Lilith in the news. <laughs> she is not Lilith. The woman, the, the female figure, we want to own femininity in an empowered way. No, she is Eve. She is the Barbie doll. She is the blow-up doll. Who is in the shadow of the patriarchal male. And I want to add one more note on this. She converted to Orthodox Judaism. And is observant. And that 
you can't do that and be Lilith, period. Now, if you're an Orthodox Jew and you're hearing this and this makes you mad, I don't care. Like, fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck off. Because the fact is, Judaism is centered around uh, demonizing female empowerment. Orthodoxy is. Traditional Judaism is. There's a whole thing about monotheistic religions, Abrahamic religions, uh, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, about defending this thing about women's rights. We treat our women well. We respect our women. Well, the fact is, those religious teachings and communities respect women if they fit into the role of Eve, which is subservient and compliant. That is the only way women get respect in those contexts. So I'm not putting down Orthodox Judaism. I'm saying you cannot have both. You cannot have an empowered woman who's truly empowered, trusting her body, autonomous. You can't have that in any of these uh, conservative or Orthodox contexts in any of these religions. Turn on the radio and listen to any news program that covers world events, and you will hear Lilith stories from people all over the world stuck in these Abrahamic religious contexts. And the patriarchy, we're hearing you know, more and more about it. We are going to hear more and more about it. I recently heard um, uh, on some NPR news show called, uh, oh, what's it called? It's called The 1A. And uh, it's the replacement for the Diane Rehm show. And I'm so, I'm so glad that the lady retired because I found her show worthless except for her guests. Like basically, <laughs> basically she'd have like these um, well-regarded uh, strategists and, and even politicians and um, think tank people and like journalists. And, sh- and one person would say, you know, here she would say, Hey, you know, Bob Smith, can you talk about, you know, this, this event news event and what you think is important about it? And he would give this very well thought out thing. And she would say, Oh, thank you. And she would say like, um, um, Jill Jones, um, you know, what do you have to say in response? Like she's basically moderating it with nothing valuable to say. And anyway, replaced with this thing, with this other show when she retired and, uh, Joshua Johnson, I guess is the new host and he's, he's great. So anyways, I'm listening to it, <laughs> whatever you guys get to hear about my NPR and podcast patterns, but anyway, I'm listening to it and, um, a, a message they received a question or talking about race stuff, um, and somebody wrote in, and we don't know anything about this person, uh, wrote in, why do you always have to talk about race about every issue? And the answer is, the answer was and, and is, like from, from the panel as well, as well as for me, is that because it's, if you're talking about America, the United States, and in some degree, to some degree, Western culture, you, you cannot talk about anything and get truth without acknowledging that that, you know, our wealth and power and prestige are built on the foundation of race problems and discrimination and bigotry and violence and lynchings and slavery and whatever. So no, so you can't get away from it. Same thing here with this patriarchal stuff. You think I'm a conspiracy theorist? No, 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 no. Everywhere on the planet, patriarchal norms are being challenged by individuals, including women, standing up and saying, um, no, this is not going to happen. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Some of them are getting shit and abused, and raped, and sold, right? Some of them are having really crappy problems as a result. Some of them are not. Anyway, be aware that the patriarchal thing and the race thing, these are our two biggest problems on the planet right now, especially in Western culture, most especially in the U.S. 
So anyway, we want, this is the whole point of getting to this, doing this MP3. We want Ivanka Trump to stand up to her patriarchal father and be a champion for women. And she is not equipped to do it as long as she perceives that she needs his approval. All of her planets in Libra square the nodes, <laughs> including Pluto and the South Node ruler, she needs approval more than anything else because she has no self-confidence. So what's going on in her third chakra, the seat of personal power, is dictated by root and second chakra, need for acceptance and safety and security, root, first chakra, and the need to be liked, second chakra. So she doesn't like herself. She doesn't have self-respect. So you're going to continue to hear news personalities, analysts, whatever, asking the question, why won't Ivanka Trump stand up to her father? Why? Because she is Eve, and he is the biggest Adam she could ever meet. So i got to backtrack a second. I, I talked about this in an MP3 with uh, about uh, Hillary Clinton, about how, no, it was a blog post, Lilith in the News, Hillary Clinton. And it was, I think, the first in the series, maybe the second in the series of Lilith in the News blog posts. And um, I talked about how we want her to be Lilith, but she's actually Adam. <laughs> and I talked about Adam and Eve, Lilith and Lucifer. Like Bill Clinton presented the aspect of being Adam, respectable, responsible, upright. It's revealed he's actually Lucifer. Forget the Christian mythology of the devil and Satan. He's actually the bad boy. You say Lucifer, bad boy. And um, uh, so we want Hillary Clinton to be that uh, Lilith figure because she's a woman. We need the return of Lilith. Well, she is part of the system. And I, I voted for her. I'm not putting her down at all by saying she's part of the system. But she is like one of the, f you know, she is... Um, made it as, you know, the furthest that a woman in the U.S. and that political process has made it, of course, she's paving the way. She's opening the door, but she is an Adam figure in a woman's body. Working to be responsible and respectable, you know, telling people you can count on me, you know, really playing a long-term public service game to get to the top of the Adam ladder, right? And that's, that's just what politicians need to do on this part of the Earth timeline, uh, in places like the U.S. So anyway, I wrote about this Adam, Eve, Lilith, Lucifer thing. So we want Ivanka Trump to be Eve, or sorry, to be Lilith, which is natural, feminine, natural feminine, in her body, right? Um, we want her to speak up for women's rights. We want her to be strong in the face of the patriarchal, you know, oppression and suppression of what is natural, which is embodied by her, you know, psychopath, lying, crazy, Alzheimer's-like bound father, uh, the president. And, um, but anyway, she, and to a certain degree, her husband Jared is a smaller Adam, but he's Adam too. But she's Eve. She is the masculine mind's ideal of what a woman should be like, which is ultimately subservient. And because of her karmic need to be liked, she chooses that role. So anything that she speaks out about is going to be proven and found and felt to be resonating as baloney. Because she doesn't have anything to say because she does not, she is at this point in her life, she does not have access to her own personal conviction because she is not 
she does not feel personally powerful to tell her truth. We don't even know what her truth is. It's behind this patriarchal veil, this patriarchal mantle, this woolen curtain that she frankly hides behind in order to be safe. Now, I said at this point in her life, because one of the foundations of evolutionary astrology, which is the kind of niche branch of karmic astrology that, that, that I and others practice, evolutionary astrology is based in, like one of the precepts is essentially, paraphrasing, well, we don't know what people are going to choose. And people respond to their environments, and people have emotions and and uh, motivations, and they have doubts and fears. So we don't. We also we don't know how people will change over the course of life, but we take it as a given that everybody changes. Let's give them a chance to change. So I'm just saying, at this point in her life, Ivanka Trump is not carrying conviction. She cannot stand up on the behalf of anybody. You know. She, uh, she's Eve, an afterthought. She believes she's derivative, a part of Adam, and she owes something to patriarchal Adam. So this idea is like, and I've gone into this in many places, including Lilith Healing the Wild, and we'll go into it in the Lilith webinars, uh, Embracing the Black Moon, again, September 3rd, October 1st. Uh, you pick one of them. It's a three-hour webinar that's just, self-contained, but I'm only doing four people per webinar, so I offer multiple ones, you know, so we don't shut anybody out and give people opportunity to do it. But the idea is God creates Adam, male and female, and then Adam goes through the process of naming all the animals, and at the end, after trying to copulate with all the, all the animals, saying, wait a minute, I don't have a natural mate. All these animals have... Uh, someone to be with and play with and, and a partner. And God says, well, yeah, I created you male and female. And and then uh, God says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll split you in two so you can play with each other. And the result is Adam, the natural masculine principle, which always tries to shape, control, and direct things. And Lilith, the natural feminine principle, which is about being and experiencing and feeling and sensing. So whenever you split the two energies within a person, one will try to control the other. If you, if you assume one gender is different than the other in a, in a fundamental way, you'll, one of them will try to control the other. Now, the truth is that each of us has a mix of masculine and feminine energies within us. So it is not in reality tied to gender and, and, and um, uh, genitalia, and it's not tied to sexual orientation. Um, anyway masculine people will always try to control feminine people. You know, there is the, the ability to be confident and to take a stand. She has that ability, but she's not tapped into it because she's processing the karmic need to be liked. Okay. Uh, let's talk about... Oh, well, let's... Yeah, I did do that, the square, the square of the nodes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about some transits briefly. And I think there are a couple other things I wanted to get to about her. Um, one of them is she's close to having a Jupiter return. About every 12 years, Jupiter will make an orbit of your chart and come to the place where it was when you were born. And it provides a Jupiter boost to your natal configuration. So in many people, this is about 
realizing they, they can believe in themselves more, uh, stop underestimating themselves, have more confidence. But her Jupiter is conjunct Pluto, so we know it's tied with, inextricably wrapped up with, the disempowerment slash empowerment journey. So she will have a crazy relationship with Jupiter because Pluto's next to it. Jupiter is a source of pain. The bigger I think, the bigger I talk, the bigger I act, the more I risk hearing about relationships and trying to create fairness, the more I might fall on my face. And so Jupiter is going to be exacerbating that right now. Jupiter in early February of 2017 stationed at 23 degrees, so it was close, but didn't quite reach it. Uh, right now it's at 19, it's on the Mercury, and it will get to the Jupiter here in a few weeks. And um, so she is going to see her Plutonian pain about rejection or being seen as an idiot because she's not offering substance. She's going to see that exacerbated. She might, as a result of not being able to stand up and be the champion that some people have wanted her to be because she's a woman and has the president's ear, her dad's ear, and obviously his respect and perhaps even his uh, lust she has his like wandering eye, uh, which has been creepy and covered quite a lot, uh, talked about quite a lot. Um, she's going to see her Plutonian disempowerment about fairness, harmony, relationships, and being liked. She might become a laughing stock because it's obvious she can never offer anything of substance, dot, 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 at this time, that she's not capable of it. Like I said, let's give her the benefit of the doubt that during the course of this life she can learn, but she hasn't learned it yet. And everything she says is substanceless. And every time she defends her father's lack of character and, uh, you know, the fact that he's a, a walking disaster who's trying to destroy the fabric of the country, like every time she defends that and sidesteps questions and doesn't tell the truth, it eats away at her. And this Jupiter return for her is about having more self-confidence, dot, 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 but really pushing the button of, I have to tell the truth or I hate myself. Or I feel like a fraud and I feel powerless. Um, not unrelated, <laughs> transiting Saturn is um, conjunct uh, her Neptune Venus. And it has been. Uh, but now it's retrograding back, so she's going to... It's it stationed at, I believe it was like, what was it, 27, 28? It was on the Galactic Center. It's stationed a few months ago. And now it's traveling back. And so she this is she's through with a second pass over this conjunction um, out of the, I guess, three that will happen. So she's seeing the power of telling the truth and how she is actually deluded. Saturn brings a reality check. So she I'll, I'll, I'll wager that she doesn't understand the criticisms of her thoughts and words in her book. I would wager she doesn't understand it because she believes that putting on a nice face and providing something to give people hope will make life better. Here we have the Libra stuff, sextile, the uh, Sagittarius conjunction. And she's getting a reality check by being in the public spotlight. And she doesn't understand this thing about people want you to be an authority figure who stands up for truth, for morality, for ethics. She doesn't understand that. She really has a naive thing where she, and this is a multi-life thing, she's putting forward what she thinks will bring hope. 
reality check of Saturn says, here's what's actually happening. Like she's so out of touch, and this is something that Samantha B points out in Full Frontal. And there's also, by the way, an interview with Samantha B and her producer, the co-creator. They created the show together, and I can't remember that woman's name. But there's a Fresh Air interview with them from, um, I don't know, April, May of 2017, and it's phenomenal. If you if you at all like the show, it's worth it's it's worth looking up on Fresh Air's uh, archive. Uh, this thing where they talk about their inspiration for the show and the process and the thought patterns. And it's really uh, one of my favorite interviews of all time. And yeah, there's, you know, Samantha B. smart-assy during it and whatever. But but even just hearing from the other the other woman, and they were both writers on, uh, I guess, The Daily Show. But the other woman I don't think was a correspondent as Samantha B. was. And uh, anyway, they're just, they're just fabulous. I guess they're kind of my heroes right now. Uh, and anyway, they, they really talk about this reality check. Um, not, of course, in astrological Saturn transit terms, but this thing about how so out of, you know, the Ivanka Trump is so out of touch with what women actually experience. Um, okay, so um, let me just look. Um, there's something else going on transit-wise that I wanted to uh, look at. Well, Uranus is in the process of opposing the Pluto-Jupiter conjunction. And so this is another, um, you know, Uranus can rip the lid off of things and provide some frustration and tension and also kind of sometimes surprise us can catch us off guard like a deer in the headlights uh, especially with an opposition it's challenging it's confronting it can block us and so she's getting a reality check to see through aries which can be harsh and, and aggressive and even abrasive and abusive um her naivete so anyway she's growing she's learning like every one of us uh, but that's part of that's part of her story. Well, yeah, I just paused the the recording to go look at her chart again, and I I always forget she's a Scorpio. I I always I, I mean I'm a Scorpio like she is. I have a Sagittarius moon like she does, uh, <laughs> and I have a uh, a lot of Libra stuff, including Pluto. And some of the Libra, most of the Libra stuff is square the nodes, like her. And I noticed that, you know, with the Libra Sagittarius emphasis, uh, with me, people don't assume I'm a Scorpio until they really get to know me. Uh, because I present, I want to be liked, and I present, here's a hopeful message. So I do the same thing that she does, in some degree. But now I'm sitting here like, really? Her son's in Scorpio? Um, and I had the same thing where Scorpios sometimes find out that telling the truth gets them not liked and they may be peaceful and grounded about that and they may become bitter about that as i evidenced earlier where i was like ah, if you don't like it whatever fuck you uh but anyway i've always forget she's a scorpio so um people put in libra really need to show others what's really true what's really happening so even if you're a scorpio son you might not show up like that if you have a bunch of stuff in Libra square the nodes and you're terrified about not being liked. Okay. Uh, I think that is all I have for her. Just that she's... Oh, I didn't finish the Lilith story. Here's the deal. I just I, I got distracted by myself. Um, so, uh, natural masculine always tries to control the natural feminine. So Adam kept telling Lilith what to do. Yes, suddenly they each had someone to play with. 
but one kept bossing the other around, and she left him. She goes away. She lives her life. She encounters other beings. She's said to have a hundred immortal children a day, which is about creativity and procreativity and natural flowing sexuality and creativity. And uh, he's uh, still lonely, so he whines to God, make her come back. God sends three angels with a message to her. Look, you got to come back or uh, I'm going to let your immortal children die every day. So she weighs it. She says, do I want to be this guy's like servant and be bossed around his slave? Or do I accept this punishment? So she doesn't go back. Her children start to die. She goes into grief. She goes into rage. Then her whole story in the mythology comes out. And I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the story. And also the nine-step archetypal process in the Lilith webinars. I'll explain this to you. It's in the books, but I'm going to teach it. You know, For the first time here, I'm teaching it in these webinars and really explaining it to people and helping people see where they might be stuck or in a broken, you know, skipping record. Um within one of the steps and how to get out of it, how to move through it and, and heal. But then she didn't come back. And so Adam's like, but God, I'm still lonely. So God goes, okay, I know what to do. I will create another woman, but out of a part of you. And the reasoning is we can infer <laughs> because if we, if you have a brain in your head and you look at this myth, it's very obvious um, like if you're willing to look at Adam and Eve as mythological figures, it becomes very obvious. Um, a, a person made of a part of Adam will never presume that they're equals, which Lilith did because they were made of the same stuff, earth, at the same time. The woman who doesn't want to be controlled and dominated is labeled evil, difficult, witch, bitch other words uh the mother of all demons lilith becomes because she won't be adam's slave and patriarchy is built around having a woman do what a man tells her and having the man tell what a tell him what a bigger man wants him to do so you have this chain of adams who control subservient eves and that's how society thinks you know that's our tradition for the last several thousand years including from these abrahamic religions so Eve does what Adam tells her and she's compliant. So that's kind of the model. So Ivanka Trump is an Eve. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on Mike Pence and his wife. The creepy religious crap. Same thing, Adam and Eve. Okay, so take the Lilith webinars where I'm going to explain to you a lot more about the Adam <laughs> Adam and Eve or Adam and Lilith story. Um and again, that's September 3rd and October 1st. Each is a Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, in my heart is to do it once a month for four people. Um, and uh, yeah, I will teach it as long as you guys want to take it. Lilith's story is so incredibly important, especially as we keep having these misses, these near misses. We wanted Hillary Clinton to be Lilith too. She's not. She's Adam. That's fine. That's great. But she broke through certain barriers, essentially... Only a woman being Adam could do that first. Eventually, we'll have a man who's Lilith, a woman who's Lilith, who's president. Eventually, we will. I actually just heard weeks ago, a couple months ago, about one of the candidates for next year's presidential uh, election in Mexico. One of the uh, individuals announcing candidacy is uh, an indigenous woman who's talking about um, the earth, 
and the environment, and water, and people being sustained by the earth, and how it's important to paint. She's Lilith. I can't remember her name, because now it's been months and months since I heard that. Maybe I'll do a profile of her. Um, but yeah, that is Lilith, talking about the natural world and how we fit into it, not how everything should be covered over in concrete and focused on power games. That Lilith is not interested in that. Lilith is actually interested in life. Thank you for your time and energy. Go to tdjacobs.com and check out all of the offerings I have been laboring to uh, develop over the last uh, 13, 14 years. Yeah, take care of yourself and be well. 